This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. 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 Yo, what's going on? It's Dissonomics here. Of course, you're listening to my podcast, Dissonomics Podcast. This is, I think, episode 278. Firstly, please, people, give your thanks to my guy, Andre, who's a person who makes sure the sound, the production of his podcast is A1. Big up to Andre, always and forever, an absolute legend. So this week, we're going to be talking about, of course, you guessed it, which you guessed it. Mr. Kwasi Karteng, the 30-something, 38-day um, Chancellor of the Exchequer who got fired, actually, on a Friday. Words of Friday. And we now have a new Chancellor. So, of course, I know you people are listening to this podcast to find out the gist about that. And, of course, I'll be giving it to you. But I want to make sure that I direct you to my previous episode midweek with the great David Bell, trader, and owner of Platform Macrodisiac, he jumped on my pod for us to discuss the UK economy. Are we on the brink of collapse? We spoke on the failures of the previous Chancellor and Liz Truss, how the markets reacted. We spoke on UK government debt, the bond yields. We spoke on the impact on mortgages. We spoke on the GDP numbers going down, um, adapting to a new interest rate world, and how badly... How bad is this crisis going to? This financial crisis going to be, and if we do, and if the pension funds do fall, how tragic is that for the UK economy? So we got into all of that, and we answered some of your great questions. That's episode two seven seven. So make sure you check that out. I'm sure Andre will put a link in the description for quick fire get there. However, let's get into this week's podcast. Right, Ghana must go. Kwasia Kwateng. It's out of here. Hi, guys. I'm XM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Yo, yo, people, what's going on? You are locked into the Dysonomics podcast and we are talking politics again. Again. The controversy, they just can't keep out the news. Chancellor, or should I say former Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, was in America. We were told on Thursday he was going to fly back early from America for a particular announcement ahead of... He was meant to make an announcement on the 31st of October. Um, that was I think that was going to be the autumn budget and he was going to kind of address 
the mini budget, which of course didn't go down well with the market, nor the political world. But little did we know, he was getting his marching orders. Unfortunately for him, Kwasi Kwarteng is no longer the Chancellor. And I'm going to read you his letter. This is from Honourable Honorary Kwasi Kwarteng MP, House of Commons. And he, he addressed Liz Taylor. Dear Prime Minister, you have asked me to stand aside you as Chancellor. I have accepted. When you asked me to serve as your Chancellor, I did so in full knowledge that the situation we faced was incredibly difficult, with rising global interest rates and energy prices. However, your vision of optimism, growth and change was right. As I have said many times in the past weeks, following the status quo was simply not an option. For too long, this country has been dogged by low growth rates and high taxation. The most that must change if this country is to succeed. The economic environment has changed rapidly since we set up the growth plan on the 23rd of September. In, in response, together with the Bank of England and excellent officials at the Treasury, we have responded to those events and I commend my officials for their dedication. It is important now as we move forward to emphasise your government's commitment to fiscal discipline. The medium-term fiscal plan is crucial to, to this end and I look forward to supporting you and my successor to achieve that from the backbenches. We have been colleagues and friends for many years. In that time, I have seen your dedication and determination. I believe your vision is the right one. It has been an honour to serve as your first Chancellor. Your success in this country, your success is this country's success and I wish you well. So that seems like a very nice and dignified letter, which it is. But what I took from it, it was, he was saying, yo, this was your vision. This was your idea, right? He was effectively the sacrificial lamb for the failure of the mini budget. It was crazy because literally the day before, they were like, yeah, I'm 100% going to still be the chancellor. I'm still going to be working hard, blah, blah, blah. Liz Truss, yeah, we 100% back all of our plans, blah, blah, blah. And what's happened? Well, firstly, they abolished... No, no, they removed the abolishment of the 45% tax rate. What was that? Previously, if you earned £150,000 or more, every single penny you earned above that £150,000 threshold, you would pay 45% tax on that. And you pay, of course, 40% tax from any penny over 50-odd thousand up until the 150000 mark. Obviously, the markets and the people didn't react kindly to that. Because this seemed as irresponsible, because obviously you're losing that on that um on that income from tax. And also people are like, yo, you're giving a five percent tax break to the people who earn 150k. While everybody else in the country gets a one percent tax break. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> that did not go down well. So they reversed that. They reinstated the 45% rate. Well, they kept it because it was meant to go in the next financial year, which is going to be in April next year. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And then the next U-turn that the government announced was 
when they decided to repeal Rishi Sunak's increase in corporation tax. Corporation tax is a tax that businesses pay on profits. So, and it's been around 19% for a long period of time. Due to the pandemic and all that type of stuff, Rishi announced um, earlier in the year that that tax rate was going to go up from 19% to 25%, which I think is going to be like the highest since the mid-90s. Obviously, Theresa May, I'm not Theresa May, sorry, Liz Truss, Kwasi Kwarteng and the rest of the cabinet, they believe in low, low taxes and stimulating growth, being attractive for businesses. Obviously, naturally, to be attractive for businesses, you, do, you want to have taxes as manageable for business as possible. Well, they have said, yep, we're going to reverse that. So they reverse that, meaning there'll be 18 billion pounds back into the pot in terms of tax receipts, which of course is fiscally responsible in this time. But I was just finding like, how many U-turns are you going to do? And they still talk that they may do a U-turn regarding not operating universal credit. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Rishi Sunak, I believe, was it Rishi or was it Shadis Javid? I can't even remember. Anyway, a previous, there's been so many chancellors. There's, there's been four chancellors this year. So one of the previous chancellors, um, I don't know why I can't remember. It's quite late on a Sunday right now. Um, said that, okay, cool. We're going to increase universal credit in line with inflation because obviously inflation's at 40-year highs, 10%, all that type of stuff, right? Well, this government said, hmm, yeah, we'll probably increase it, but not by that much. Now, there's talk that they might indeed have a U-turn on that. They even might U-turn on the reduction of the basic tax rate from 20% to 1%. Now, as I said, Chancellor Kwasi, Kwasi Kwarteng was gone. Uh, Liz Truss spoke, had, she had a presser on Friday, and it was very short. Everybody was surprised that like, they had so many questions for her. But it was very, very short. And she said that, yeah, um, okay, yeah, um, people haven't reacted well to what we're doing, but we're still committed to growth and cutting taxes. We're just going to do it in the right way. She announced a new chancellor, which is Jeremy Hunt. Who's Jeremy Hunt? Jeremy Hunt previously was in the leadership contest with um, Boris Johnson in 2019. He lost. And he was previously the health secretary and doctors and nurses, they weren't very fond of him whatsoever. I just find it proper interesting that man just could have bare jobs. Like, <laughs> man, man could be health secretary, defense secretary, chancellor. Bro, big man, where's, where's your expertise, big man? Anyway, Jeremy Hunt, new chancellor of Exchequer. So, on Saturday morning, he was on Sky News and he was talking. And I find it super interesting what he was saying. So let me see if I can dig up the news again. Um, I didn't write no notes for this week. Do you know what? F it. I still remember. Basically, he was on TV and his tune was visibly different from Liz Truss's tune. Liz Truss was still kind of sheepishly committed to her some form of expansionary fiscal policy. Well, Jeremy Hunt came in and it didn't seem like that at all. Jeremy Hunt was definitely giving more austerity vibes. He was giving, yeah, we've got to be responsible. Unfortunately, we want, of course, we'll have to have, we would love to have low taxes. But unfortunately, in a short term, some taxes may have to go up, right? 
And there's already talk of the government tr trying to cut back on public expenditure. So he's given more austerity type measures. Um, it's unlikely that, um, according to the FT and some political commentators, it's unlikely that we're going to see like more U-turns under Jeremy Hunt. But it's interesting because now people are wondering, is Jeremy Hunt in charge? Because because like he's come in and he's kind of like taking some more ownership. And it's, do you know what I mean? Because his tune is markedly different to Liz Truss's tune. Um, he denies this. He says, listen, I have no, I have no more appetite for a leadership contest and so on and so forth. But it's long. Now back to Liz Truss. Well, what's interesting about Liz Truss is that her U-turns haven't really done anything to the markets. They're still not buying it. And it's very, very evident that she's lost a lot of authority. Um, Tory MPs are still openly talking about getting her out of here. But, but, and there was leaked messages, um, which is crazy. They leaked WhatsApp messages that Sam Coates, I think senior political correspondent for Sky News posted, um, where Nadine Doris, Nadine Doris was talking sense once, basically kind of signaling like, what's the point of us having another leadership contest? It's like, is it going to do us any favors? And there is an element of truth to that. It's just breeze. And the worst thing right now for the Tories, it's, like, it's not like there's a blatant candidate that kind of unites the party. And this is something that's always interesting about politics. And this is why I am politically homeless and I don't believe in left or right or political parties. I believe in policy and what's right for the context of the country at the time as going forward. We've seen this with Labour. Ed Miliband is different from Jeremy Corbyn, who's different from Keir Starmer. We've seen kind of somewhat infighting, not somewhat definite infighting between um, the quote-unquote Corbynites and Keir Starmer supporters because the Corbynites are more towards the left wing. They're quite, they're the quote-unquote, I won't go as far as go hard left. They're not crazy like that, but they're very leftwards. And Keir Starmer is more towards the centre-left, right? And this means that they will differ in an opinion on how to tackle certain issues, although they're in the same party. That's the same thing with conservatives. There's kind of the hard Brexiteers, and they kind of have a different opinion to other parts of the Conservative Party. Even in the leadership contest, you saw the difference in like Rishi Sunak and Dominic Raab, who are looking at a more cautious and stringent economic outlook compared to the, oh yeah, effort, let's cut tax, let's trust and them. And it's interesting, um, people um, <laughs> trying to say that maybe there should be a penny more than Rishi Sunak dream ticket for the Conservatives. I don't know. I think it might be too late. I actually think there, there's a good chance that it could be a Labour minority government. Like, and boy, it's going to be very interesting to see how this week develops. But of course, there's going to be a midweek pod. I'm going to give you the updates if there is any, which is likely. And yeah, look out for some pods coming soon. Hopefully get some interesting guests we're going to be talking. And yeah, people listen to this. Give me your cost of living questions. I'm looking to have Mr. Money Jar on the pod very soon. And yeah, on to midweek. Peace and blessings, people. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.